Let's continue indeed in an attitude of prayer. And let's talk to God as individuals. Let's recognize that we are not here of ourselves. God has ordained it and proposed it from the foundation of the earth that you will be here today. So it's not a coincidence. It is God's purpose. And I want you to talk to God personally. That that purpose, you will not hinder it. You are the only one that can hinder it, not the devil. So why don't you ask God for grace and mercy and favor that even as you hear his word today, you will profit from it and that the purpose of God will be fulfilled in your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we bless your name. For your love, O oh God. For your name is above all names indeed. You are the Almighty. We thank you for the privilege you have given unto us as individuals, O oh God, to be able to gather this day before you. We ask, O oh God, that indeed that which you have proposed for each and every one of us we will receive, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. That our heart, O oh God, you will prepare, O oh God, to hear your word. And that it will not fall to waste, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. You will fasten your seat there because I believe the Lord will move us very quickly. In over the last few weeks, since we came to 2011, we have been talking about pleasing God. Twice, the Lord has spoken to us about pleasing Him. And I believe it's not for just repetition. It is for emphasis. Amen? And our brother was sharing last week about separating ourselves. And today, I believe the Lord wants to talk to us about his word. In the book of Psalms, 119, verse 8 to 10 says, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Are you there? Verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart, with my whole what heart, have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. That's the psalmist, a man after God's heart. It's a passionate plea. 
and question as well. I'm sure some of us have the same questions. How can I really please God? And that's what the psalmist was saying. And he found an answer. He says, by taking heed according to what? To thy word. And he says, with my whole heart will I seek after thee. Have I been seeking after thee? Praise the Lord. So our message today is indeed on the word of God. Everything that we believe as as children of God is based on the word of God. Amen? You know, this church is called the bread of life. And we sang that he is the what? He is the living word. Praise the Lord. So indeed, all that we want to be is in his word. All that he has proposed us to be is in his word. And like the psalmist says, let me not wander from thy commandments. So we're looking at this Bible that we, we, we base our faith on. This Bible, this book of the law, this law of life. This perfect law of liberty. So many, you know, words have been used to describe this word of God. We want to understand it more. The Bible says in Second Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-one. It says, "For the prophecy, that is the word of God." came not in old time by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The word of God, this Bible, is not the word of man. It is not philosophy of men. It was not ideology that some men put together. It is not of the will of man. It says, Peter says, it is what? It is the word of God. Amen? Because this word was given by God. To who? To holy men. Who were what? Moved. Who were inspired by the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. In the book of 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says, All scripture, that is every word of God, Genesis to Revelation, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, by inspiration of God. Amen? All scripture Every part of it, whether it's in the Proverbs, or it's in the Psalms, or it's in Revelation, or history of the children of God, all the scripture has been given by God, by inspiration of God. And it is for a purpose. What is that purpose? It says it is profitable. Praise the Lord. The word of God is given by God so that we can do what? 
profit from it. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So that we may be what? So that the man of God may be what? Perfect. You know, we talk about pleasing God. We talk about pursuing holiness. It is only in the word of God that we can achieve it. Praise the Lord. That is the purpose of the word. Sometimes we see in the word of God, it says, you shall be holy, for instance. Or it says, you shall serve the Lord your God. Those are what? Commandments. Those are outright commandments. And sometimes it says, I will do what? I will take away sicknesses from among you. Those are what? Promises. There are specific promises, so many all across the face of the scriptures, that the Lord has given unto us. And there are commandments as well. There are histories. And all this, the Bible says, is by what? Inspiration. And all of it has a purpose that we might what? Be perfect. That we might what? Please God. Amen? So, why did we get the Bible? How did it get put together? Just to give us some apologetics on the scriptures. The Bible is 66 books. You know, a lot of people struggle with, with this with this, you know, this word. And some actually doubt and say, well, that's the opinion of Paul. You know, some wonder, why is this relevant? What is the value of this? Have you read some part of scriptures and you wonder, where does it fit? And some even doubt, they say there are inconsistencies. There are, there are, Errors, or some argue and say this is just the opinion of the writer. But let's look at it. The Bible is 66 books written by over 40 men of different backgrounds, different academic qualifications, different professions, different countries, different locations. And, some, and most of them didn't even know each other at different times. But you will notice that the message of the scripture is what? Is complete. Is unified. There's one common theme. You could almost draw a thread across it. And that is what? Man. And the destiny of man. And the revelation of Jesus. Praise the Lord. That is God's purpose for giving us the scripture, that we might be what? At the end of the day, be reconciled to him. The scripture tells us of God's mind, his ways, his, the destiny of mankind, and the purpose of God in that destiny is clearly laid out in the scriptures, all across the scriptures. And these were all written by different men who did not know each other. Over, over almost 2,000 years, in different locations. Some were farmers. Some were educated. Some were not. So you, we see clearly the unified 
message of the scripture is a proof that the word of God is indeed by one who, one author. That's what the scripture tells us in Second Peter. That it is the spirit of God that moved men in different locations to put these words together. And that's why it's unified. It is inspired by the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord. The Bible is one book. And it's the message of God. Another thing we see, just again to encourage our understanding of the basis of the word. The Bible contains over 6,000 verses of prophecy. By these different diverse group of people. And in many cases, they corroborate each other. And today, over half of these verses of prophecy have been fulfilled. Some, over so many years of waiting, they have been literally fulfilled. Praise the Lord. And there is none that has failed. None that has failed yet. Another interesting fact about the Bible, over the years, many generations, many kingdoms, many religions have literally tried to destroy the Bible. History tells us that, but they have not yet succeeded, and they will not. Because the Lord preserves his word for every generation. It is the hand of the Lord that keeps it. The Lord has a purpose that this word will be provided for every generation until the end. Praise the Lord. It is for all ages and for all. And for that reason, we also see that the Bible does not expire. The things... And the messages are relevant for all ages and all generations. It is completely adaptable. You don't have to create new versions. You, you have various interpretations for, for different reasons, for various languages. But the message remains the same. The word of God remains the same. Amen? And the Bible covers r practically every aspect of human Knowledge and understanding. In from geology to botany to every aspect to astronomy. The, the scripture points people. Scientists, after years of study, will simply come to realize that one verse of scripture summarized all the years of, of research. Praise the Lord. There are two examples I'll just bring up. One relates to the, the shape of the earth. I'm sure some of us are aware of this. In the past, there have been so many you know, people killed for being heretical, saying that the earth was spherical. And scientists believe that the earth was what? Was flat. And one simple verse of scripture in the book of King Isaiah 40, right? Isaiah 40, 22 says, when he was describing the Lord, he said, It is he, the Lord, that seated where? Upon the circle of the earth. Praise the Lord. 
which gives clearly. And in fact, if you look at, looking at it from your literal eye, will not imagine that the earth is spherical, right? Because how would the water stay together? Scientists will later try to explain the whole science of it. But the scripture has a simple verse that related to it. Praise the Lord. So we see that there are evidences that direct us to the truth of the word of God. The infallibility of the word of God. And as believers, it is important for us to understand these things. But the most significant proof of the inspiration of the word of God is you. Your experience of God. Your revelation that the Spirit of God drops into your spirit. The way the Word of God has changed your life. The testimony of His goodness and mercy and the fulfillment of His promises in your life as a believer. And I tell you, we can grow in that knowledge. The Bible says, grow in grace and what? And the knowledge of God. We can only grow as we study the Word and put it into practice, and then we experience God. Praise the Lord. Then he sees this from philosophy. No man can convince you otherwise, because you know it. Amen? Jesus is in our heart. He is the living word, right? He is the living word. He is the word of life. And by his spirit, he teaches us the truth of his word, as we, as we go into the word. Praise the Lord. You know, First John, the book of First John 1, John was saying, in beginning his writing, he says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of what? Of the word of life. He was talking of Jesus. We have experienced it. So no man can tell us otherwise. We have experienced it. We have seen it with our eyes. We have handled it. Praise the Lord. And that's the experience I believe God will cause us to grow day by day as we go into his word in the name of Jesus. I expected a loud amen. amen. Praise the Lord. So it is important for us to yet have this vital understanding because our life depends on it. Our eternity, our destiny depends on it. Praise the Lord. So when the, brethren, when the, when the pastors preach to us and say, brother, this is what the Lord wants you to do, you know that it is not their word. It is God. Amen? So we don't take it lightly. We don't trivialize it. We don't trifle with it. Amen? Because our destiny depends on it. It's important for us to understand this fact because our decisions, our choices, all the things we're going to do as believers are based on the scriptures. The choice of marriage, business, or general issues in our daily life association, relationships with one another. 
When you say, when the Bible says, love one another, we don't choose to love A or love B. It's a serious failure. It's a, it's a simple command. Love one another, right? We don't decide how to love A and not to love B. For instance, all the issues of our lives, a pastor was sharing, he says that we should guide our hearts with what? With all diligence. For all out of our heart are the issues of life. He says, the psalmist says, with my whole heart will I what? Have I sought thee? He says we should, we should love the Lord with all our heart, right? So as we approach the word of God, with that understanding that this word is divine. This word is true. This word is eternal. This word is vital for us. Amen? It is important for us to know that. It says in verse 8, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How, how can a young man please you? That's what he was saying. How can a young man live pure and holy before you? By what? By taking heed unto your word. Every page of it. All of it. Because all scripture is inspired. Praise the Lord. In the book of Romans, 11 verse 33, he says, Oh, the death of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. We cannot fathom, understand the ways of God by our own faculties. It's impossible. It is only by a spiritual revelation by his spirit himself. Praise the Lord. Yet, the Lord commands us to walk in his ways. Yet, he expects us to fulfill his ways. And he tells us, you cannot really understand my ways. My ways are different from your ways. Praise the Lord. He says, who had known the mind of the Lord, or who had seen his counselor, or who had first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him. For of him and through him are all things, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen? So we realize that our ways are completely different from God's ways. Sometimes even as believers, we think we understand it and we're moving on. We're just living our life. We think we're okay. We could be actually sincerely wrong. And that's the more reason why the psalmist says, I will search your word. Teach me your ways. I will go into your word so that I will understand your ways. Praise the Lord. That's the only way we can succeed in this journey. His way leads to life. The Bible says there is a way in Proverbs 4. 14, 12. You see, there's a way that cement what? Right unto a man. There are two ways. 
the way of man and the way of God. They're contrary completely. And especially as believers, we need to know that our ways, if we don't expressly measure it by the standard and the word of God, we could be in error. And we could be headed for destruction and not realize it. It is only when we allow the word of God to have a place in our heart that we can profit and revert our ways. Amen? See, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So these are the reasons why it's important to go into the word of God so that we can understand his ways. Because you might actually be sincerely in error. If you pray, the Bible says, as we open the perfect law of liberty, and we see ourselves, and we see our ways contrary to God's ways, we do what? We amend ourselves. We adjust ourselves. We repent of our own ways. And that's the way we can please Him. That is the way to please Him. But if we stick on our own ways, the Bible says, and it may seem right to us, the Bible says the end thereof is what? It's the way of death. So it's important to take the word very seriously. In the book of Isaiah 66, the Bible says, For all those things had my hand made, and all these things have been. You cannot give God anything. He made the whole world. He made everything in it. Say, but to this man will I look, even to him that is of a poor and a contrite spirit. Praise the Lord. And the last line. I don't know what your Bible says. Can you read it out? And the last line, please. And tremble it at my word. When I was meditating on this scripture, I realized that what God is saying here is that I'm not easily impressed by giving. I'm not impressed by anything. But I'm impressed by two things. A man that is of a contrite heart and a man that regards my word. A man that does not trifle with my word. He trembles at it. When we read the Bible, I don't know what, with what attitude. We talk on that as, as we drive, drive on. I don't know with what attitude you approach the word of God. The Bible says, the man that feareth my word, that trembles at my word, I have regard for that man. Praise the Lord. So it's important for us to go to the word with the right attitude. So the word says we're going to profit from it. It says we're going to profit from it. So how do we profit from the word? How do we profit from the word? Second Timothy, let's go back there. Second Timothy 3.15. Paul was writing to Timothy, he said, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are what? The Holy Scriptures are, are able to do what? Wisdom. 
You know, when I was, some years back, we used to have, you know, it's not very popular in Oman, but back in Nigeria, you see a lot of cars. They have stickers, you know, and there are a lot of stickers, you know. But the one I liked the most was say, wise men seek him. Praise the Lord. That's wisdom. Wise men seek him and seek Jesus. That says the Holy Scriptures are able to make us wise unto what? Unto salvation. That's the, that's the first point. That's the starting point. Praise the Lord. It teaches wisdom, the wisdom of God. In James 3.12, it says, Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Or either a vine figs. So can no man both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man? Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him shew out of a good conversation his works. With what? With meekness of wisdom. Praise the Lord. Wisdom is in seeking God. And that wisdom is not that of what? Bitterness and envying and strife. He said, but if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not. Don't say you are a Christian. That's what he's saying. (laughs) Don't glory. Don't jump around and feel very good. If you have what? Bitter envying and strife, not openly. Where? In your heart. If as I'm standing here, I have ought and envy and bitterness against anyone, whether here or anywhere, I cannot glory in being a Christian. I cannot start feeling good and say, I know the Lord. He said, that way, if I do that, I'm doing what? Next verse. Next, next line. You are lying. You say you lie not against the truth. You say lie not against the truth. You say this wisdom is not from above. It's not from God. That's not the wisdom that is wise unto salvation. You say this wisdom is what? It's earthly. It's sensual. It's what? Devilish. It's of the devil. He said, for where envying and strife is, there is what? There is confusion and every other evil work. Praise the Lord. I believe that's what the Word wants us to hear this afternoon. He said, but the wisdom that is from above is what? First, pure. It's peaceable. It seeks peace. It's approachable. Is gentle, is entreatable. And some of us who are going through the mind of Christ study, I'm sure you you probably have studied this or you hit it soon. Is what? Is entreatable. Is full of mercy and good fruits. Produces good fruits. That's the wisdom that is wise unto salvation. Is without partiality. And without what? 
hypocrisy. You know, you can appear perfect in the church. But what happens outside here? I was listening to a musical. I was talking about being perfect in church. You know, <laughs> on Sunday, on Friday, well, everything works fine. But it is when we leave this place that our Christianity starts. Amen? And this is the wisdom we are talking about. And that's what we are going to profit from as we study the Word. Because the Word of God teaches us the wisdom of God. Amen? Wisdom that is pure. Praise the Lord. The psalmist says again in, in Psalm 119, He says, Thy way, thy word, is what? Is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How can we know the way to go? The right path to follow? The way of the Lord. How do we know this way? It is the word of God. Amen? The word of God literally shows us the way to go. In every decision, in every decision you're going to take, the Spirit of God will minister the Word of God in your heart. It says, God leads everyone that is a believer. Right? He said, they that are led of the Spirit of God, they are what? They are the sons. And He does that, how? By the Word. He speaks the Word into your heart. As you study it and you begin to understand the ways of God, the Spirit of God will drop those words in your heart at the critical moment. Amen? Praise the Lord. The Word of God is a weapon of, of warfare. We know that. The Word of God, we prayed about it, we sang about it. The name of Jesus, the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And when we pray, when we ask Him anything according to what? His will. Where do we find His will? In His Word. When we pray, the devil cannot say, cannot hinder it. When we stand in faith and speak the word of God concerning a situation, you claim a promise, the devil cannot stand it because that word of God is already established. Amen? Praise the Lord. So how do we know? Many of us don't know the promises that God has given to us. And that's how the devil cheats us. The only way you know is to go into the world. That's where you receive the, the, the realm of the world. In fact, what I'm saying here is not enough. Like we said, the testimony of the scripture is what you experience for yourself. Praise the Lord. So even if you live here, you go back and look into these words and confirm them. And that's when it, it becomes personal. Amen? That's when it becomes yours. Praise the Lord. So we learn how to use the word in prayer. The Bible says, when we, when we, it says we should, in Ephesians 6, 17, it talks of the word as what? The sword. The sword is, a, is an offensive weapon, isn't it? The sword is an offensive weapon. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, right? And it went on to describe some of them in, in Ephesians 6. But the word of God is the offensive weapon. It's not the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, but it says the sword of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. 
So when you pray, it says you can, you can pull down strongholds, right? You can cast down imaginations and bring into subjection every name to the obedience of what? Of Christ. Praise the Lord. For your situation. And, and as the Lord will lead you concerning any situation. Praise the Lord. The word of God is yea and amen. When we believe it and act on it, we see the results. And the name of the Lord is glorified. Praise the Lord. The, Lord of, the word of God is the way we deal with the issues of the heart. Our brother has shared on that some time back. That was the first, I believe, the first message we had. Talking about the issues of the heart. It is the word of God. The word of God renews our mind. You see, some of us have carryovers. You know what I call carryovers? Issues that we have not completely overcome. Of our former life. For whatever reasons, of relationships, of habits, you know, of beliefs, mentalities, things that were, you know, in, you know, were put in us over the years of growing up in our former faith, for instance. And sometimes we are struggling to embrace the truth of the world. But when we go into the world, the revelation of the word of God in your heart helps you, causes you to, 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 to flee from those darkness, right? That is what the word of God does. It renews your mind. The Bible says we can renew our mind by what? By the word of God. The word of God keeps us from sin. You know, there was one time I, I saw I saw um, I can't remember whether it was written by hand or it was printed on the Bible. We said, this book can keep you from sin. Or this, or sin can keep you from this book. So let's not allow sin to keep us from the world. But when we want to keep away from sin or sin to be far from us, we go to the world. The word of God has the power. It has the power. The Bible says in in 1 John 3, 9, For whosoever is born of God, what? Does not commit sin. He overcometh the world. Say, for his seed, what? Remaineth. The seed of God remaineth in him. The Spirit of God is in you. Jesus is in you. And the Word of God is in you. When the Word of God remains in you, you will not be overcome by sin. That's what it means. If you want to live holy, just read the word. If you are struggling to sleep, <laughs> I used to say to my mother, say, I'm struggling to sleep. Or anybody, say, if you are struggling to sleep, read the word of God. <laughs> and the, Lord, the Holy Spirit will lead you to pray as well. Praise the Lord. So freedom from sin. We can gain freedom. We can, these are areas where the Bible, God says he wants us to what? To profit. That's the profit that he has promised us as we study his word. You see, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God for these purposes. Amen? We might be effective in warfare. That we might stand and be able to, to, to offend, you know, to, to, to go after the kingdom of the enemy. That we might claim his promises. That we might be able to live a life that pleases him. A life above sin. Praise the Lord. The word of God transforms us. 
Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, as we look into the word of God, are what are changed. Bible says we are changed as we behold the face of Jesus in the world. We are changed, amen, from glory to glory into the same image, the same image, the image of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. Even as by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God in us does that. Amen. Romans 12 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be you what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind by the word. The word renews our mind. And that way we'll be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to study the word. We need to study. We need to study for ourselves. We need to meditate upon it. Joshua 1a says we need to study, to meditate upon it. For what purpose? So that we might do it. Praise the Lord. When we do it, we'll have what? Good success. We'll succeed in our ways. He says, if you abide, John 15, 7, 7, If you abide in me and my words in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. When we allow the word of God to abide in us, and we ask anything. Verses, when we ask anything, Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, what? I will do it. He says, so that my Father is glorified. And we will bear fruits. Praise the Lord. But we need to go to the world with the right attitudes. I can tell you sincerely that the reason why these things are not true in our lives is because we are not approaching the world with the right attitude. So what are the right attitudes? The first one we see in Psalm 25 verse 9. Let's look at Psalm 25 verse 9. It says, the meek will he guide in judgment. Amen? The meek, the humble, the lowly, the one who seeks God. Just like the psalmist says, I've sought you with my whole heart. He said, the one who is humble, who is not haughty, you're not proud, you're not arrogant, you're not complacent. You're not saying, I've been a Christian for 20 years. What can you tell me? When you come to the, to the presence of God and a brother like, like me is, is preaching, you say, what can he tell me? I know more than him. <laughs> I know him anyway. <laughs> but this is the word of God. When you go to the word of God, it says you come humbly. You humble yourself before God. It is only such people that God will teach his way and show his way and guide in their, in their ways. He said, the meek will he teach his way. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. A proud and haughty spirit does not get anything from God. God resists such people. So we need to approach God and his word, even in our private study. In our private study, especially in our private study. With humility. He sees our heart. <coughs> Excuse me. We shared that this morning. He sees our heart. He knows everything. We cannot be hypocritical before God. It's not possible. Praise the Lord. This is a very critical part of it. We need to approach the Word of God, the most important, 
is with a readiness, with a sincere readiness to obey. Greatest insult we can assign to the world is to despise it, is to hear it and just trifle with it. Even promises. The Bible says, I will take away sickness from among you, and you don't believe that. That's an insult on God. All these promises, not to talk of his commands. Sammy says, let me not, let me not, what? Stray away from your commandments. We need to approach the word of God with a readiness to obey. The grace will be supplied. Amen? The grace is available. Most of the time, our, our fear is that, can I really do these things? I am not able to, 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 to apply these things. I'm weak. But that's the deceit of the enemy. Amen? The first thing we need to have is faith. Amen? It says without faith, it is what? It is impossible to please him. So we need to believe that this word that God has spoken... And what he has promised, he's able to do it. Amen? So we approach the world with faith. And when we mix the word of God that we hear with faith in our heart, it leads us to what? To obedience. Otherwise, it leads us to disobedience. Praise the Lord. That was the experience of Israel. Let's look quickly in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. He said, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, said the disobedience of Israel... God regarded it as temptation. They proved me and saw my works 40 years. He said, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their hearts. And they have not known, they have not done what? They have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. We don't want to go from Children of God, of servants of God, of friends of God, to enemies of God. When we do not mix the word of God in our lives, that we hear with faith, leading to obedience, we become enemies of God. And you know what God does with his enemies. He turns against his enemies. He says, let God arise. And he what? He causes his enemies to be confounded, to scatter. It's a grievous thing. Not heeding his word makes us his enemies. And let's not be too comfortable about that. Don't say this brother is just, okay, he's just talking. No. Let's not leave this place with an attitude that we can choose to disobey the word of God. Saul was asked, to wait. But he went on to sacrifice. And he thought that was a good excuse. God is not impressed by religion. 
God is not impressed by how we appear in church. Or our worship. Or even fasting. Or anything we do in disobedience. Sacrifices of praise, of, of anything, does not impress him. He says he, he is impressed by the man who regards his word. Who takes heed to it. Amen? Otherwise, we're deceiving ourselves. And we can't, we're not heading anywhere. Praise the Lord. In every aspect that the Holy Spirit ministers to your heart. He says, if you hear his word today, harden not your heart as in the days of provocation. He said, I swore that they will not enter into my rest. Praise the Lord. There is so much we can say about this, but time will not permit us. True believers strive towards obedience. That's why the Bible says you work out your salvation with what? With fear and trembling. Yet the salvation is a gift. Praise the Lord. And you don't need to go too far to know if this is true in your life or not. The products, the fruits are evident. We need to go to the world with a hunger and an appetite. We need to have a desire for his word, for ourselves, first and foremost. To be honest with you, this message, I'm not allowed to preach it. I say to myself, God, I will not preach like this except you begin to talk with me first. So I'm preaching to myself, first and foremost. True believers seek the word of God, first and foremost, for themselves. Don't listen to the word for your neighbor or your wife. You know. Praise the Lord. Let's ask God to speak to our hearts and grant us grace. And turn us from disobedience. The Bible says that is the difference between us and the rest of the world. A brother was talking about distinction last week. Children of God and the children of disobedience. The state of our heart is very important. And I don't know what the Lord has spoken to you today. Luke 8, 11 tells us now the parable of the sower. He said the seed is the word of God. And there are some who heard the word and the devil picked it out. He took it out of their heart. Let's pray that as we come to God every week throughout this year, we will take this hour of the word as a very solemn and very vital hour of the service. Every day, every week as we come, let us resolve uh, this year, God, I will hear your word, I will write it down, and I will seek to do it as you grant me grace. I don't know if that's your desire this afternoon. I want us to just rise up as the pastor prays for us. Let's say that we will approach your word with the right attitude throughout this year. We will approach your word with a desire to do. 
with a desire to put it into practice. Let's commit ourselves into God's hands. We don't want to deceive ourselves. The Bible says God is not mocked. If we trifle with his word, then we place our lives in danger. We cannot have faith in the promise of God if we do not want to obey his commandments. Why don't we make a commitment this afternoon? Say, Lord, I will obey. Lord, I will obey. Every single command of yours I read, I will not look for the people who do not want to obey. I will obey. Make that simple commitment. And I know the Lord will bless us. Let's make that commitment this day. Ah, maybe we are not given enough time to study the word. Say, God, I will study. I will study. To know your commandments. To do them. Ah, that is necessary before we can have any faith in the promise. Don't be looking for faith in the promise when you are not willing to obey the commands. That is futile, that is useless, as deceiving ourselves. We can deceive men, we can deceive ourselves, but we cannot deceive God. Father, we want to thank you for your word. Indeed, Lord, you cannot be separated from your word. The Bible says that you have magnified your name above your word, above all your name. And so, Lord, as we began this day, worshipping your name, worshipping you, Father, you have brought it to our notice that your word is far more important than anything else. And, Lord, we dedicate our lives this afternoon. Lord, first and foremost, O oh God, to study. And then, Lord, by the help of your Spirit and by your grace to do According to every word you will speak to us. Father, we pray. Cause us, O oh God, to have the highest regard for your word from this day forward in Jesus' name. Lord, every whisper from the devil, from our colleagues, from anyone. Father, to make us, to despise your word. O oh Lord, today, help us to reject permanently in Jesus' name. Lord, we will not be among those that say, who can obey the whole Bible? Father, we pray, deliver us from such companions in Jesus' name. Father, we are praying this day, O God, as we set our hearts to seek your word and to do. Father, we pray the manifold promises. Father, we will see them pursuing us in Jesus' name. Lord, we are asking that as we go out from here, our Christianity will not end in the church. Father, it will begin as we leave this auditorium in Jesus' name. Lord, we are asking as we go throughout this week, let the Holy Ghost remind us of this word. Let the Holy Ghost guide us and lead us away from every sin and iniquity and to dwell in your presence in Jesus' name. We thank you for your servant that you have used. Lord, more of your blessing, more of your anointing, more of your revelation upon his life in Jesus' name. We bless you and we worship you. We know you have had an answer. In Jesus' name we pray.
Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Go in the peace of the Lord.